0: Ladies and gentlemen, how do? Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club, a new podcast aimed at bringing creative minds together. Mondo Street is about sharing the creative process, discussing the highs and lows, and talking about how we cope when the creative genie eludes us. Pull up your comfy chair, put in your best headphones, and enjoy the next hour. Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club. Today I am joined by Johnny Flores, owner founder of Flores Podcast Productions, all the way from Sacramento in California. Hi, Johnny.
1: Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me on.
0: Great. How are you? You well?
1: I yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm uh, overall really happy and uh, doing <laughs> well right now.
0: <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So so Johnny, you you've by the by the very. Name your owner, founder of uh, Flores Post- Podcast Productions. You help people to produce podcasts. How did you get into that line of work? Because it's, I, I don't think it's something that you went through school and went, Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a podcast producer.
1: No, in fact, yeah. Uh, um, I was well into my 30s when I started doing podcasting. Um, yeah, it, it was completely by accident. I had a neighbor who lived across the street from me. Um, at my old, the old house I used to rent, um, and, uh, I, I was always into nerdy stuff and he had approached me and said, you know, Hey, would you want to do a podcast? This was around 10, 2011, somewhere around there. And I had just started listening to podcasts from, um, how did this get made? Uh, I was listening to that podcast pretty heavily and, um, I was like, sure, what what do we what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know, you you come up with the idea. Um, (laughs) I was like, okay. how do we do it? He goes, well, don't worry about that. All I've got all the equipment, just figure out what you want to do. So um, we I kind of thought about. You know, keeping in line with my nerdiness, I. I thought, oh, I'll do kind of a nerdy roundtable. Podcast like pop culture nerd stuff and uh i invited a couple friends on and we did that for uh, almost two years and then people because we were in our er early 30s late 20s uh, people started getting married and having kids and i was just having a harder and harder time getting people on the podcast that i had come to really enjoy having on the podcast my friends and call you know people i'd met through through kind of nerdy stuff and um and i had made every mistake you could possibly make with that podcast like not posting episodes regularly and and just yeah just everything you could do wrong with the podcast i did with that one and so at after about a year and a half two two years uh we stopped it and i kind of sat on it for a little while and i thought well if i if i do another one i want it to just be me because it's so much easier to manage the production if it's just Mm -hmm. me and a guest like i'll just have one guest mm-hmm. on um and being in sacramento well, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording how the, we're so close to the bay area we're, we're always like kind of in the shadow of the bay area and yeah. um a lot of bands bigger acts will skip over sacramento and just mm-hmm. go straight to san francisco a lot of comedians will do that too they won't even play in sac they'll just go right to to the to san francisco or or oakland and there there wasn't a lot of like self-love in the city for the city and and i and i i love living here um and i thought okay well i'm gonna do a podcast about sacramento i'll have people on that i've met i, I used to be a freelance illustrator and artist uh like as a side gig and and i thought okay i'll start having those people on because i met all these amazing people who were doing really neat creative things and making Sacramento so interesting to me mm-hmm. and um so I had I started having them on and the po- this was in 2014 and the podcast just took off right away within the second year third year somewhere in there it was getting several hundred downloads and by the third year it was a few thousand wow um yeah and this was early in the podcasting you know serial hadn't even I don't think was even out at that point yet which really broke the door open mm-hmm. on podcasting. And, um, yeah, and the show just got really popular and, and, uh, I did the show from 2014 to 2019 and during the course of the show, previous guests that I had on or people that had made, become friends of it through the podcast, were starting to move up in their careers. Mm-hmm. And we're now in sort of in charge of things or they were team leaders and, um, they started asking me to help them create a podcast for their companies that they were managing. And I didn't even know, I, like I remember my first friend who asked me to do that. She's like, what do you think you could do it for? And i was like, I don't know. I have, I have no clue. What, what do you think I should do it for? She goes, could you do it for $1,500? I was like, sure. Yeah. That's, I would love to make a podcast for $1,500. And, um, so she asked me to send her an invoice, and I told her I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to write an invoice. So she helped write me. She kind of she kind of helped co-author my first invoice that I just ended up handing right back to her, and, yeah. um, and that really got the ball rolling. Um, that was in 2016, and in 2018 I left my job. I, I had a job. I was, it was kind of a toxic work environment. I was ready okay. to. Just ready to move on to something else and uh, my girlfriend really encouraged me for several months quit your job and and just do this people are asking you to help I was kind of known in Sacramento as the podcasting guy and um yeah that, that's how that's how I founded my company and got going
0: that's a that's a really good story I think the the thing for me is you mentioned that you are you were starting to take to work on for other people creating podcasts at the same time as dealing with issues in the workplace. So it must've been a fairly stressful time for you.
1: Yeah. And on top of that, we had just bought a house, our, oh. our, our, the house we're in and yeah. it was an old house and it had a lot of issues. The house hadn't been taken care of. So it was just this perfect storm of, uh, a, a toxic work environment. Yeah. An old house. Yeah um running my own podcast that I was mm-hmm. kind of a little bonkers about and then helping other people it, yeah it was a really stressful period at at uh, but you perfect storm
0: yeah you you prevailed and, and came through the other side so w- when you set up um your own company how long did it take for you to actually become independent to actually say this is a going concern this will uh, will feed us will pay us the pay the bills everything we need
1: it, it um. Well, I cashed out my retirement. Um. I kind of went all in. Okay. So I cashed out my retirement. So I had, I had a l- nice little nest egg to help, kind of usher, or not usher, but um, just uh, kind of pad me out until I got my first client. But it it was it was for a couple months. I when I left that job, I was in a really negative state of mind because mm-hmm. it just wore me down really pretty bad. And I had no faith. I was like, Oh, this isn't gonna work. And and um, there was a a woman here in Sacramento. Her name's Tina, and she owns um, a, a marketing company called Uptown Studios. And she's an amazing person. She's really helpful, very sweet. She does a lot for our community. And I had had her on my podcast. And when and when she at the time she had told me if you ever start a business, I don't know, maybe she saw something in me, some sort of like entrepreneurial yeah, yeah. thread that I wasn't seeing. But I remember her saying, if you ever start a business, come talk to me, I'll I'll, I'll mentor you. And um, yeah, I was just like, in, just in this really negative headspace after leaving that job and um, was sort of kind of like, oh, I'm going to have to go back to work or, or I'm going to have to go get a job somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Sasha, my girlfriend, had said, go talk to, to Tina." She had told you, if you ever leave your job, she's going to help you like <laughs> go talk to her. So I, I messaged her and she said, yeah, come in, come in next week. I, I've got time. And um, she put after we talked, she gave me a bunch of tips just like on business, creative stuff, but also managing your business, managing clients, things like that. And then she put out the word on LinkedIn saying, Hey, I know somebody that does podcast production. If you're looking for somebody to help you. And I got my first client that right after that through her. And then uh, things were going well until the pandemic. And then kind of of slowed down because I get paid out of marketing budgets uh, for the most part. So things were, things were going really well. And and until the pandemic, in fact, uh, I had a bunch of, potential clients on the hook. Mm-hmm. This was going into 2020. So I had bought, I had a studio at the time. Yeah. So I had upgraded all my equipment because I'm like, I got all these clients coming in. Yeah. I I I'm going to get better equipment. I'm going to have, I'm going to just do a couple little upgrades so things are better for them and me. And that that March I went to go visit my dad and his girlfriend down in Los Angeles, and uh, and they had said, oh, we're a little, this is before like anything really spread, <laughs> well, uh, unironically, before anything spread <laughs> about like, hey, you might have COVID, they had said, oh, we don't feel good, just to give you a heads up, we've had this cold for a while, we just can't shake. And so I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll, I'll be, you know, no biggie. So I went down there, visited them came back and the next day everything shut down yeah and then a week later all those potential clients said hey we're closing our marketing budgets because we're laying people off and we don't know what's going to happen um and yeah a bunch of other clients that i had all said we have to pause almost i shouldn't say some all of my clients at that time said we have to pause our 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 contract with you because we don't know what's going to what's going to happen and then the main client i work with my biggest client that i've worked with the longest um called me and said hey could you do what could you because they laid off almost their entire staff yeah and um said could you do this much could could we pay you this much to just do a little little podcast we need to have some sort of marketing Mm -hmm. out there and I said, sure, I'll, <laughs> anything. Well, <laughs> I'll, do anything. I'll yeah. take anything right now. Um, and luckily my, my girlfriend has a very stable job, good paying yeah. job. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, so weather through that. And uh, I ended up getting a grant through the city of Sacramento. They had a creativity grant that helped, you know, people that work in the creative fields, I got a grant through them. And then that one client, the main client just said hey a- after several months they ended up paying me out for the entire contract that we okay. had paused yeah very very kind generous people i love working with them yeah, yeah. and um yeah and now things are start slowly all you know three years later finally starting to creep back up to normal as far as yeah. work
0: production yeah but but what a way for your <clears throat> what a way for your your mental health you've you've gone from such a, a low point to when you you started and you've had that support you've gone up then covid's come along and covid must have put a heck of a pressure on you to tr- to try and
1: that to- that year 21 was bad yeah. really bad we had a lot of deaths in our family yeah. um we uh my girlfriend and i came very close to splitting up we ended up going to we ended up going to couples therapy and individuals therapy and that really helped us a lot yeah yeah so
0: it, it, it's a brave move because a lot of people even now don't see the value of talking therapies you know and for me uh personal experience and, and of those around me a, a talking therapy a therapy where you have a safe space to discuss things mm-hmm. is it's one of the most powerful tools we've got you know it's uh we can sit and be honest or, yeah. as, hon- or as honest as we are brave because uh, it does take an awful lot of bravery and to to enter into those contracts with people to talk to them like that
1: it also has to um you have to it's sort of like um I mean it's not the same thing at all but it's it's sort of like accepting that like hey I'm something in me's not working i I need to talk to somebody yeah. and that's hard I think for some people to admit especially men, yeah. you know, and I'm Hispanic, my dad's side of the family's Mexican. And yeah. there's a lot of machismo crap in that, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, like, I'm tough, I'll tough this out. And, yeah. you know, and um, no, it was great. I, you know, it was great. I, I don't regret going to therapy one bit. I'm yeah. in a such a better mental state than I was. You know, we, my girlfriend and I both had, tra- you know, traumatic childhoods. I mean, not every, you know, I shouldn't say like everybody's got hmm. great. Everybody has their issues with their, with their childhood, but, uh, you know, um, and it was a lot of stuff. I, from that, that I had never dealt with. Yeah. Same for her. And then it, just all the, like I was saying, like we, during 21, the, the, the year started off with my, my grandmother dying. She'd been in a coma for several years and, and she finally passed. At, like, I'm not kidding. It was like, the first in <laughs> January she oh. passed and then um uh and then my girlfriend's uncle wow. died unexpectedly maybe this was 20, <clears throat> 2020 20. yeah because he, he, he we didn't know it was it, we later everyone kind of pieced together he probably died from COVID Oh wow. um but uh we we weren't sure at that time that nobody knew what and things and that was right right when things started locking down that's Mm -hmm. right so this would have been 2020 into 21 and then uh uh her her cat died that she had had forever we had to put the it died traumatically it was not um and then uh her grandfather died who helped raise her he died very he was diagnosed with throat cancer and then died like Weeks later, he, he passed. Yeah. And then we had to put my dog down that I would had forever. Oh, and then, uh, <coughs> and then, uh, one of my Navy buddies, I, I was in the Navy and, yeah. uh, a guy I'd known, you know, since I was a kid, he died unexpectedly. It was Shit. just a rough year. And wow. then we almost split up. It was, yeah. it was rough. So get and, therapy because it'll yeah. help you.
0: Yeah. Because I, I don't know, I don't know what lockdown was like in America, you know, because you, you look at things through the, the media's lens, yeah. and, unless you actually live that experience. Over here, lockdown was very authoritarian. You know, we, we were allowed out for a walk for an hour, once a day. It, it, oh, it was, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. The, the, the first lockdown we had, there was absolutely, there was no mingling, you know? So I lived on my own at that time. So I didn't see anybody wow. for days on end. Um, and that didn't do me any good, you know. I've, I've got to be brutally honest about that. My my girlfriend or my wife now she lived hundred miles away, so the only contact we could have for eighty five days was uh, FaceTime. And it's rough. We'd only just started going out together, <laughs> so we, we met in the November of nineteen, March twenty twenty. Country locks down, can't see her for eighty five yeah. days, and. Okay, it's, it's it's the it's the power of a good relationship that you can do that. You can have any contact is good contact, and because you share that time with that person. Yeah. But boy, oh boy was it tough over here. You know, I, I had to be. My mum and dad are obviously older than me. Otherwise, it wouldn't be mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I had to be nominated to go and do their shopping, so you couldn't go into a supermarket. So you had to, had to have special slots and gloves and masks. It was. It really Ours
1: was. wasn't quite that authoritarian, but California uh, was much more cautious than like Texas and Florida where yeah. who were just like go go do whatever. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, California had a pretty pretty tight lockdown We You could go um yeah, you could go shopping and doing stuff like that, but it was very cautious. And grocery stores, you know, they they uh, were really strict about. You had to maintain distance. You had to yeah. have gloves, uh, masks, and if you didn't, you were turned away. And um, yeah, it was. I was lucky. Well, yeah, we were going through a rough patch. My girlfriend and I, during that time, so it wasn't always the most pleasant to be in the house no, just the two of us, no. but. But, uh, yeah, once we started doing therapy and stuff like that, yeah. it got a lot easier. And, and
0: the thing is that you both came through that. Yeah. And you're now stronger as people and still a strong couple. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, the, the dogs are asleep behind you, so it's obviously a very happy house. <laughs> yes. <Yeah,
1: so, laughs> you know, another great thing, too, is we have a really strong community in our neighborhood. Yeah. It's not like that. I, I I don't know how it is over in Europe, but... Um, s- Americans are very um, loners, you know, yeah. like uh, "pull yourself up by your bootstraps" bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Not, well, if people can cuss on this, uh, and uh, we're really lucky, uh, the neighborhood we live in, we all know each other. Yeah. It, it's um, we say hi to each other. Everybody knows each other. We walk. We walk dogs, and we say hi and then the block that i live on in, we hang out together all the time mm-hmm. in fact like the other day one of our neighbors two houses over her car wouldn't start and so she sent on whatsapp cuz we have a little whatsapp for yeah. our, our street uh, for our block and she says anybody home that can help me and two of our neighbors said do you need a jump if not i can go take you to go get a battery if it's not mm-hmm. the if, if if we can't jump the car um When the storms happened out here back in January, our next door neighbor, um, the tree in between their house and the house next door fell down and it missed both houses luckily, wow! but it tore out their gas line and water line. So myself, the husband and the next door neighbor to them, we were all out there in the middle of the storm. Digging the hole out, throwing mud, capping their water. We 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 you know crimped their gas line, and when we had no power and water for four days, the neighbors across the street did because they were they're on a different grid than Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, Um, they let us. They let everyone on our side of the street put food in their fridges. (laughs) Oh nice. We were. They let us use their showers to. You know. They let us use their Wi-Fi. Like come over and like hey, if you need to work from home or anything like that. So. We have a really strong community here, yeah. and it's an it's amazing place to live. And I, that gives us a lot of, like, outside of the love that my girlfriend and I have for each other, we have mm-hmm. this love in our community for one yeah. another, and it's great.
0: You're very lucky with that. There's, there's parts of, of England that are like that, parts of the UK that are like that. There's parts that are loners, like you described the U.S. as. It's it's all, you know, different shapes of folks and their, and their approaches, but you know, so... Uh, so, so then if you if you look at a client comes to you and says, I, I want a podcast, that, that seems like a very big, you know, it's it's a very big ask, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. Yeah,
0: because uh, I know from experience working with creative people that when you say, I want this, they then have a thousand questions. And it's very rarely that the person that says, I want a podcast or I want a blueprint or I want a, a painting knows the answers to all those questions. So. So you must have in your mind a real big creative streak that lets you interpret what people are guesstimating at.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I'll start, I I mostly work with businesses and associations. I don't work with a lot of individuals anymore. I kind of did in the beginning, but anymore I I don't. Um, But it's just really dialing in on, you're know, like, well, why do you want a podcast? What yeah. purpose is it going to serve? And why should anyone listen? Yeah. And that's, that's like a thing I try and help them determine. That's kind of why I also work with businesses now mm-hmm. because they do know why they want a podcast. Like it's yeah. usually part of their marketing platform, but I'll dial in on, you know, um, is it, you know, who's it intended for? Is it business to business? Is it for mm-hmm. the public? Is it internal? Yeah. And, um, And then that helps me, you know, narrow down further and further, sort of like whittling away at like, you know, who's this for? How are we going to make the podcast and um, helping them see, Mm -hmm. oh, this is this is how our podcast is going to be formatted and and the intended audience, why they'll listen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. It's, it's a it's a funny thing that when we look back at when podcasts started, most people were very skeptical about them. They, they they thought it was some kind of uh, something for hobbyists only, uh, yeah. With a, with a very very small niche marketplace, but now I think it's fair to say that every man and his dog has got or is considering having a podcast. <laughs> um, there's me saying that, and I've got a podcast. There must come a point, whether commercially or you know for for Joe public, that we hit saturation. Cause if if you if you just look at the the spotify directory there are hundreds of thousands of of podcasts on there now how how do you how do you cut the cut the the um how do you cut through it how do you find your area how do you find
1: well like you're uh, i think niche is very important yeah uh people who try to be too broad like um going going back to the that business mentor she said something. Uh, there was a uh, like a business networking event thing that she was the speaker at, and she was talking about you should really know who your audience is or your listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she had said or asked the audience, "If you want me to evaluate who your audience is or who your customers are, raise your hand and I'll and I'll help you. Within five questions, I'll be able to tell you who your your." Okay. Who is and who isn't your customer base? And this um, person raised her hand and said, uh, oh, I, I, you know, please evaluate mine. She was, and and she said, sure, what, you know, what's your business? And it was something like laser tag or, you know, some sort of like family fun center kind of thing like that. And she said, okay, well, who do you think your audience is or your customer base? And she said, everyone, and and right away she was like, nope, nope, you're, you don't know who your audience is. You don't know who your customers are. Yeah. And she goes, well, what do you mean? Why, why do you think it's not, it, it, this should appeal for everyone. And then she asked, what's your price point per person? Mm-hmm. And she said, it's, um, $70 for children and 120 or something like that for adults. And she said, Nope. She said, you're there's very few families that are going to come to your your center because you're asking them to spend you know three hundred dollars yeah. uh for a night out that's not including a meal that's not including drinks or anything like that Wow. so it was cr- it just it really stuck with me um so now when I, I still do a lot of workshops or like i i happily give an hour of my time to someone if they want to talk about their podcast, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that because I just want people to succeed or feel good about making their podcast. A lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of podcasters bail on their shows after about 10 episodes because they're not seeing traction. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. They don't know mm-hmm. how to manage the show, how a production, how you should manage your production to make mm-hmm. it easier on you. Yeah. And um, so I always, I'm happy to listen and give advice and. And, um, what, that's one of the things is like, you should know your niche. Like why, if you're like, it's just a golf podcast. I'm like, okay, well, there's a million golf podcasts. What's going to make yours different. Is it for beginners? Is it for people who just like Callaway clubs? Like, you know, like (laughs) what's, you know, figure out what the thing is within the thing. And that's going to get you an audience much faster and you'll be a lot happier making your show.
0: It differentiates you from the next podcast, doesn't it? That, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's it's definitely something that you uh, personally. I think a lot of people look at podcasting nowadays, and they look at the people like Joe Rogan, for example, who has, well, he's got a reach further than most governments. You know, he has millions of downloads, millions of listeners, and gets yeah. paid millions of dollars. And I think a lot of people see that as a a podcast as an easy way into it. And not what it is in reality, which is a, a long game. It's a grind. You know, you've said about 10 episodes and most people bail. Yeah. I was talking to uh, one of the first guests on this podcast. He's been doing his podcast now. I think he's at episode 210. And he knows that his numbers, he'd love his numbers to be higher, but they are what they are. What he concentrates on is the quality of his output, making yeah. it so that if one day somebody turns in, you know, listens in and goes, "Oh, have you heard this?" and then that starts to spread. There's a library of quality behind him, as opposed to that one episode was done properly. But I, I just, you know, podcasting's great. But I just wish people didn't think of it as an easy win. Well,
1: the other thing too that people don't take into consideration: somewhat, it is a long game, like you were saying. <laughs> like one of my clients, their episodes have doubled every year, wow. but we're four years into it and they have a marketing team yeah you know they're they they work in tourism so they 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 know their audience they know how to market stuff they know how to write they have a whole 30-person team that pushes out content Mm -hmm. and does marketing and and you know they're good about getting tourists to come visit cities Yeah, for someone who's just one of the things i tell people when they first start off is like If you don't already have a huge following for some reason you're not famous if you're not famous if you're not an influencer i even though i don't like that word but Mm -hmm. you know if you're not a known entity for some reason you're starting from zero and what people don't realize is joe rogan uh mark marin how did this get made team they've been doing comedy for decades. Day, huh? Joe Rogan and Mark Marin have been doing that for 30 40 years. Yeah. And the podcast was an extension of their already existing comedy career. Yeah. Yeah. Um so if you're not out there in front of an audience some way already, mm-hmm. it's hard to you have to be uh, you need to do your show because you love it, not because mm. you're like, I'm going to get famous yeah. and make like, tons of money.
0: Totally. Totally. Because because yeah. you, you mentioned your client that's got 30 people on the marketing team. If you are making a podcast on your own, then you are the producer, the host, the engineer, the, director. the marketing team, the, yeah. the, <laughs> the guest liaison. You are everything. Yep. And it's not something that you can enter into lightly if you are serious about it. Because for every hour of recording that you do, you've got at least two hours of editing.
1: Oh, more it's uh, for someone quick. Like me yeah. uh, a, a minute of recording time takes, yeah. you know, it's about two and a half, three minutes oh, right, okay. to fix. Yeah. So if you're new starting off, it's you figure it's going to be yeah. five, six, seven minutes yeah. to, to edit and do your EQs yeah. and, all that stuff. So
0: yeah, I've got some good work streams and Logic Pro. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I use three different programs to do all my stuff. Yeah. I I I do all my sound fixing and all that and isotope RX10. Yep. I export that out to audition mm-hmm. where I do all my f- quick edits and some other little sound fix fixes and you know lining everything up big cuts where i already know like, i'm like i need to just cut this from minute five to minute seven point whatever because yeah. we were just talking there we were figuring out where the show what the rest of the episode was going to look at so i can cut all that mm-hmm. and then i export all that out to descript where i do my actual editing and then I go back into audition <gasps> to do all my mixing. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And there was, there was me thinking I was working hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that speeds it up. That's why I have all those yeah, three yeah, things, because yeah, yeah, it speeds yeah. it up for me.
0: <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? it? It really is. And the thing is, it, it's such a great reward as well, because I'm sure you found this as well, that when you are when you're doing a podcast, you don't know the people who are coming to see you, who the guests are you know, you might get in touch with somebody and for example, you, hi, my name's Johnny. I'm in Sacramento. I'd love to be on your show. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I, I don't know anything about you, mate, but thank you very much. <laughs> but then when you meet somebody and have a conversation with them, it's such a rewarding um, hobby for me, uh, occupation for you that, you know, you actually learn so much more about people than you expect to.
1: Yeah. I've met so many I mean I've done at this point thousands of interviews, you know, sitting fly on the wall or conducting them, whatever. And um and I've just met amazing people over the years. I've made I I go to here uh here in the United States we have podcast movement. That's sort of the big podcast convention. And um I've made amazing friends through that, made amazing connections, met wonderful really just down to earth, good, decent people through that, through podcasting too. I've, I've just in my city of Sacramento here, I've made tons of friends and met really neat people. I'm now in a stage where I mentor a lot of new freelancers. So I'm, I'm meeting people that way too, just, uh, through, you know, going out and saying hi and being asked to speak at things and, um, it's it's been. An, I've met amazing people through podcasting. I love yeah. the community.
0: Yeah, so so do I. And, I. and I'm fairly new into it, but the the level of support that I've received has been uh, quite awe inspiring. It, it gives you that little kick up the bum when you when you start checking your um, your your listening your analytics rather, and you see it lower than you hoped it would be. Yeah, it's it's just nice that there's somebody there going, "Hey, don't worry, it'll get better." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't yeah. do better in the next podcast,
1: and all episodes have uh, podcasts from you know episode to episode, they have their sort of ebb and flow. Yeah. Sometimes they're you are like, wow, I didn't expect that episode to do so well, and then yeah. the next one you are like, I really thought that. Yeah, was I, I thought better. that was a really yeah. good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after
0: after do, after having done then thousands of podcasts, who's at the top of your? list for collaborating with either as an interviewer or doing a podcast with
1: you mean like for potential clients or just no no just for
0: yourself you know if if you were to start a new podcast tomorrow who would you like to interview on that who's who's the top of the the tree for you
1: actually i I did start a new podcast recently i I didn't think i was ever going to host another podcast again um because I also had a comic book podcast that I did with yeah. a uh, another friend and and a another friend, and then we ended up getting a uh, one friend left because she got married and just got too busy to do the podcast, and yeah. so we brought in a someone. We sort of we had a series of guests on to see if they would fit as a host, and mm-hmm. so I hosted that. We did that one too, and then after that one ended, I was like, I, I think I'm done hosting. I don't like. I just like being behind the scenes. Yeah. Um but one of the colleagues virtually a friend that I met at a podcast movement we both do similar uh, work and and we always ended up especially me I uh, at podcast movement I end up talking to freelancers and just more than anybody else I end up talking to freelancers and trying to give them just tips and advice mm-hmm. like here's how you find clients if you have a difficult client, here's how you drop them. Yeah. You know, here's why you need to network and build community. And so we started a podcast about that. Just free just freelance advice yeah. for independent producers, directors, and audio engineers. Mm-hmm. And um so with that, I the main what guests I would like to get on there. We're 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 still in the planning phase of having guests right now, it's just the two of us. Uh, is any just, yeah, people who are in the community trying to figure out how to have a career as a freelancer, Mm -hmm. um, who need help or advice or have advice to give to other people. Um, there's a, there's a really strong industry of freelance producers, editors, and audio engineers, Mm -hmm. um, in podcasting and, um, and just trying to help them that's the most important thing with our podcast is trying to help yeah yeah
0: I, I, I don't think from what I've seen that the the podcast community is as um as big over here in the UK um not yet not yet not yet it's getting there uh, yeah um but I think what we need is something like the podcast movement we need a, a centralized place and I know there is a smallish one that go in London either last week or this week. Yeah. It's usually
1: in the spring. It's like, I think it's called listen something. Yeah. I think
0: so. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I think it's, there's there's so many benefits to doing a podcast, even if it is just meeting new people and making new acquaintances or friendships, or if it is being able to pick up pieces of advice and tips or even coping mechanisms, you know, I've spoken to, to people on this podcast who use music as a coping mechanism or, or use, Interviews or comedy as a a coping mechanism, and I think it's it's really straight, really strong. Not strange, it's not strange at all, but it's really <laughs> strong that you can actually just interface with somebody across a webcam and get that that support from them. I think it's really really strong.
1: No, it, yeah, it's an amazing tool. One of the things I I really like about podcasting too is you don't need a lot of money to do one. Um, here in the United States. There's many libraries have podcasting studios now so you can go to your local library and and record your podcast there. Mm-hmm. Some of them, my, my girlfriend's a librarian so the reason I know this is because my girlfriend's very uh, big in the the services that libraries provide okay. communities. but they have they, they've got a system out here in Sacramento called the Library of Things. Okay. and you can go in and just borrow, equipment Fantastic. and go home and and use it there but you can also just buy some like i i tell people buy used equipment mm. on ebay yeah, or craigslist yeah. i don't know if you just, eBay. Over,
0: just ebay over here or
1: oh Gumtree. Craig, craigslist is a uh free well, it used to be free it's not oh. as they're charging now but uh it's sort of like a wanted ads where yeah. you you could sell things and put apartments and stuff like that for rent but um uh, people put equipment up there all the time for because they only did 10 episodes I'm like well i don't need this <laughs> yeah. anymore but you could do it as simple as just having a usb microphone yeah. some headphones plugged into your laptop yeah. and um or hell even they make little decent mics now that plug into your smartphone they do so and
0: it, and a lot of the um podcast hosting sites have now got apps which allow you to uh record into your phone uh do mm-hmm. some rudimentary editing they've yeah. got some sound libraries on there and you know, for the for the price of that, you could put something together. So I think it's uh just remember, listeners, it ain't a quick fix. <laughs> you, you ain't suddenly gonna release an episode unless unless you found the ultimate niche. You're not gonna release one episode and get a thousand listeners.
1: No, it's you uh like I was saying with my the one client, their episodes have doubled year over year, yeah. but that's because we steadily put content out. Um we kept our, we keep our episodes on the shorter side. So mm-hmm. it's a little easier for the the casual listener to get into. Yeah. Um, and we're also very, uh, well, it's why they have me working with them is like, we put a lot of effort into the audio quality, mm-hmm. the content of the show. We have sort of figured out the structure of the show. Hello, this is our guest. Please tell your story. That's, mm-hmm. that's the main three things you need to do in a podcast is entertain these are the three things people want to hear in podcasting or why they listen to podcasts to to be entertained to learn something new and Mm -hmm. to hear stories so we we take that approach with the productions that i run Mm -hmm. is let's let the guests tell their story let's make it entertaining Mm -hmm. let's keep it you know keep moving along and just give the listener inform them so that they can make a decision when they come to visit this city yeah oh okay cool i want to go see that i want to visit in fact just the other day it was really neat in fact i need to tell the host of the podcast we're, we're we're doing a bunch of recording tomorrow <laughs> uh i was at this luncheon and uh there was two women there that worked for ikea um here in sacramento and and uh they, we were sitting there talking and and one of them was like wait what's your name and i the listeners can't hear this but i see this i've got a hat with my logo on it and um and she goes wait you you do podcasting because she overheard me tell someone had asked me and i was telling them that i was like yeah she goes wait you're you're the floors podcasting behind the visit sacramento podcast right i was like yeah i run that she goes that's part of the reason we moved here oh brilliant (laughs) yeah she's like we were we were planning on moving somewhere to northern california and I started listening to the podcasts for the different cities that we were thinking of moving to. And we got hooked on Visit Sacramento podcast. And really, we just love the people that you talk to. It just seemed like a good city. So that was part of the reason we moved here. Wow. I was like, "Wow, oh, that's that crazy. Thank you. You know, like, thank you for sharing that with me. I yeah. appreciate it. So. Uh,
0: I hope the uh, city of Sacramento has recognized your good work in some way.
1: Yeah, we we have an amazing relationship. I I love working with um, the Visit Sacramento team. They're mm-hmm. really progressive, forward thinking people. Try to be inclusive. Try to be welcoming. They're great clients. They pay on time. <laughs> uh, they 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 like seriously consider me if 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 a if we go a week or two without recording because mm-hmm. you know the the host was on vacation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They try to double up before. We take a break so that we, we could put content out while yeah. I'm they're gone or I'm gone and um just very considerate people to work with. I love working with tourism groups because it's always positive stories. It's always like you should come here and yeah, see yeah, this. am yeah. always reasoning. and always a
0: budget as well.
1: Yeah, they have budgets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really it's the key, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. looking in your uh in your podcast favorites at the moment then, who are you listening to?
1: It's hard for me to listen to podcasts oh. because I'm recording and editing, so i I can't listen to other things oh. uh while I'm doing that stuff. Yeah. So it takes me a week to get through one episode. but uh, I really love Conan O'Brien needs a friend yeah. Yeah, good one. Um, it it it's the the show isn't as pure as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You could tell when there's a guest on because they have some they're booking some you know, like they have a project they need to talk about yeah yeah. but i love it when he has comedians on Mm -hmm. in fact today i started listening to the episode um on the day we were recording i was listening to the episode where he has steven wright the comedian Stephen wright who i i've loved since i was a kid and it's just great listening to just two comedy minds Mm -hmm. sit there and talk and make each other laugh with no no real agenda he's got a book that he's that's coming out but uh they're just there to chat. Yeah, yeah. And it's pure joy. I love it. Um I also like Fly on the Wall, uh, which is hosted by David Spade and Dana mm-hmm. Carvey. And yep. they have people from SN- SNL alumni yeah. um on there. And I love that podcast. It's it's a, just I get a kick out of it. Um that's like my era of SNL was yeah, late eighties, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. And uh that's that's a blast to listen to. Um that's about it (laughs) because i it takes me a week to get through one up one episode yeah
0: i I tend to use my podcast for listening to to comedy so uh two bears one one cave with tom segura and bert kreischer
1: oh yeah i i i do i'll listen to snippets of your mom's house that he has with his wife very good um I'll listen to depending on the comic. I'll listen to that one. Yeah. Once in a while, I listen to Comedy Goldmines yeah. by Kevin Hart because yeah. that one's could be good. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's so hit and miss. For
0: me. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a pity because um, there's so much good content out there. But if you are creating good content, there's only so it's, many hours in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what's your uh, what's your end goal then for uh, Flores post- Podcast Productions? my my angle yeah where do you want to take it
1: oh um i'm pretty happy with this i i I don't plan on having any employees it's so much it's so much hard work yeah you know i i kind of like mentoring because then i can say well you go you go find your niche Mm -hmm. of clientele like i know my clientele i i like to work with companies that have anywhere from like five to maybe a hundred employees
0: okay
1: because they're big enough where they have a marketing budget mm-hmm. but they're not but they're small enough to where they need help yeah. they can't do it internally uh um, so like that's my niche I I know exactly who I look the, the size of the company or association I I like to work with but I'm I'm pretty happy right now um there's a local community call like I'm content mm-hmm. my local community college I'm is starting a, uh, a podcast program in the fall. So I'm going to build a podcast studio for them oh, and maybe be an occasional speaker at that. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe an advisor we've talked off and on about that a little bit, just saying like, you know, here's where you might want to concentrate on. So people have a career like post-production career oh, yeah. or production career. Um, and I'm talking to a couple other clients in the area. Uh, really, I only want about four or five clients at a time. Because yeah. it's the workloads easy enough. It's it's busy enough, but also light enough where I can still take time for like my girlfriend and I or yeah. if I want to go somewhere, yeah. you know, it's not I'm not so overwhelmed. I can't have a life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I learned that the hard way when I first started my business full time. I made the mistake of as soon as my girlfriend would leave for work, I'd start working. Mm -hmm. I would forget to eat. I would not take care of myself. (laughs) And then I would work until she was like, okay, well I'm going to bed. (laughs) Like I wouldn't even acknowledge that she came home. And, uh, and it put a strain on us. Mm -hmm. It, It was not, it was not good for me. So I really, I'm really conscious about, like, okay, this is my work day. It's done now at 5 p.m. I'm done, yeah, yeah. Um, and and also I have days set aside so I can like go work on our house, mm-hmm. not so that on the weekend I don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could go and do stuff, you know? I'm like, cool. I have a day built in where I do things around the house.
0: What a fascinating so. story! It it just shows that with the the strength of a a good relationship that you've both worked on. And with a a good determination of will that you can actually achieve pretty much anything you want to
1: yeah you know i think the other thing too is i don't um while money is nice i'm not so hungry for it that i'm like okay i'm gonna get employees i'm gonna do this i'm gonna build out i just want to have a comfortable life (laughs) where i'm happy and creative Uh, I, I, I worked in the medical field for most of my adult life and I hated it. It was miserable. It was not creative. I'm a creative person. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I've really found, I, I, uh, didn't want to like chase money and chase things and just be like, what, what do you, what can make you happy? Like, what, what are you content Mm -hmm. with? I'm like, cool. If I have like five, if I have five clients, like that's more than enough. Income for me. Yeah. I I'll still have my time. I I'm very selective about who I work with. I don't mm-hmm. work with just anybody. I I've actually you know I turn clients down from time to time. Yeah, when they'll contact mm-hmm. me and I'm just like in in, in conversation and discovery. I'm like ah, I don't know if this is gonna be a a good partnership. Yeah. I you know I just this is and I'm like you know thank you for your time and I'll try to refer them out to some other. People like you might want to try this. I always try to leave them with a positive. Yeah. We can't work together, but here's how you can mm-hmm. still pursue your.
0: And, podcast and that's whatever. a really good tip for somebody that's starting a podcast. If you're starting a podcast and you're having guests on it, be selective who your guests are. So. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it might sound a little bit um, grand, but you are working on a brand and your audience you're following. Will attach to you because of your brand. So try and keep to a you know a set of rules, a set of standards. And just because somebody says I'd like to come on your podcast doesn't mean you should let them on. <laughs> you know,
1: no. But- my my old podcast um, that that got, got the ball ball rolling on everything was it was about Sacramento. Hmm. It was about the people here that I thought were contributing to making a good place to live. That were making making our city unique. And, um, and so I was very selective about who I had on. I, I, I would put out a questionnaire to maybe a dozen people that I trusted. Like these are, they're, they're going to recommend people who are doing good stuff and they're not doing it to get attention or fame or anything like that so once in a while not once in a while as the show progressed it got more and more frequent mm-hmm. um where people would just write me and be like hey i'm doing this really cool thing i'm gonna be famous or whatever whatever <laughs> <laughs> i could tell when there was ego in evol- if yeah. ego involved and I, you know and i would just write a oh thank you so much i appreciate it i've already booked all the guests for mm-hmm. this season yeah i'll reach out in the future yeah. if um if i find Basically, I'll reach out to the fu- in the future when I'm when I'm booking guests again, yeah. and um, so it was never a negative. I never wanted to send them away with a negative, oh, no. like "oh, no. this guy no. doesn't like me."
0: It, it costs nothing uh, to be respectful, does it? You yeah, know.
1: yeah. Like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've already booked everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, be polite because you never know they might be. Uh, they might come back with a really good story at some point.
1: Also, like that's a a lesson i learned before i even started my business is um i always try to leave on a positive note um, even if uh, my very first client that i had they were not very pleasant people to work with okay. and um and i tried to be as respectful as possible when i said hey basically i put it in their the ball in their court to not work together yeah. and um and I, and they were upset about a couple of things. And I said, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. They wanted some files. And I had mentioned before, uh, I emailed twice to the main person. I said, Hey, second email, first email. Um, if I don't hear from you by such and such date, I'm going to delete these files because I don't, they're taking up space. I'm yeah, not using yeah, them. Yeah. If you need anything, please let me know. No response. Mm-hmm. Second email, same thing. No response. Yeah. Two weeks go by and then the, and then s- the owner said, "Where are our files at?" And, and I was like, you, "I I messaged so and so, nobody responded, so I deleted all the files, and they just went off on me, and um, said so they were going to badmouth me and everything." And I was like, "I go do what you need to do. That's totally I you know that's how you feel. Please do whatever you need to do. I have a very good reputation in my community. Mm-hmm. I, I'm if anybody asks, I'm more than willing to explain what happened." Yep. Also, if you had asked, I would have told you where you could go and find these yeah. files online. <laughs> and and then they wrote back and said, Oh, I'm so sorry, but you know, how, how can we get those files? And I was like, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. Best of luck in life. I appreciate Yeah. It, it, password. It's amazing you know?
0: how adrenaline takes over people sometimes. And they're, they're, the lizard brain. Yeah, lizard brain. That's it. That's exactly what it's, I said.
1: It's fear based. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, I've lost that. Oh, I need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I, cool. I, my last job, I was I worked at a municipal animal shelter, oh, so good, yeah. I dealt with the public a lot, yeah. and uh, and I was like middle management, and I had six employees under me, and we dealt with customers and clients and people who were coming in because yeah. their dogs got picked up or yeah, yeah. you know they got a ticket or something like that, they got a fine or whatever, and and I would tell the because they were all so much younger than me. Um, I would tell the clerks, I'm just like, don't, they're coming in here. They're operate their think their mindset is coming from a base of a place of fear and you can't think rationally if, if you're, if you're, if the lizard fear, part of your brain is what's you've lost all high functioning. It's just the lizard brain. So just try to deal with them as politely as you can take the time to explain things and, um, and just realize. They're stuck in that moment. They're stuck being them, and mm-hmm. we're not them, so we exactly. win by default. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and once they're gone, you can continue to be yourself.
1: Yeah, and then we could just go back to being our joyful, fun selves. And <laughs> they're stuck living that life. Yeah. Oh god.
0: Well, Johnny, thank you so much. Um, I'll put your socials in the uh, podcast descriptor. So if anybody wants to reach out to you or anyone wants to, follow oh sure, you, yeah, I'll put all that on. But it's been an absolutely fascinating chat with you. I uh, really appreciate your time and thank you for your support. And if you've ever got another story or another podcast or come back on, just <laughs> give me a shout, come back on and we'll, we'll have another chat.
1: I guess I didn't say the name of the podcast. I should have. It's um, uh, the Podcast Producer Survival Handbook. I found so, it before, yeah. So I was. I, yeah, yeah, so if you're thinking of getting into, if you just want some sur- freelance advice, like please listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's only at the time of the recording, we've only put three episodes yeah. up, but we've got more coming and right. hopefully it help. It's helpful yeah. to someone out I'll,
0: there. I'll so. put that on the podcast descriptor cool. as well.
1: And thank you, Phil. I appreciate the opportunity hey, to chat with no you. Worries. And and I know this is late in the day for you. It's <laughs> middle of the day for me here, but uh, uh, or mid morning. Yeah. And it's warm
0: where you are and it's raining where I am. Thanks. For rub- yeah. <laughs> thanks for rubbing it in. appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, and and uh, time.
1: I, I really appreciate the opportunity right. to be on your podcast. Thanks
0: buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to uh, this episode. Thank you to our guest. As always, please like, share and subscribe. Feel free to uh, hit us up on any of the socials. Uh, On our website is www.mondostreet.co.uk. Looking forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Bye.